0: Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how we're like sponges. We soak up and become like the things around us. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about the impact our influences have on our lives. You know, think about what happens when you meet a new friend yeah, at first uh, you may have a few similarities that's what connects you in the first place but over time the more time you spend together the more similarities there are you start to speak in the same way and dress the same way and share the same jokes and you influence them and they influence you for better or for worse and there's almost an irresistible temptation to become like the things were around you go to a different country. And everything's going to seem foreign. It's going to seem uh, uncomfortable for a while, but eventually you get used to it. You spend enough time there, you start acting like everyone else. You lose your accent. You can order the right way at a restaurant. You know the the etiquette. You become more and more like what you're around, your influences, and that can be a blessing and a curse. And When we assimilate, that can help us build relationships with other people, and it can better prepare us for our surroundings. It's generally easier to go with the flow instead of against it, but it can also lead us to change in ways we shouldn't. You know, for Christians, our influences might normalize sin for us, and the Bible shows us that this is a very fine line that we walk on. On one hand, we have the example of Jesus. He repeatedly stunned the religious establishment because he surrounded himself with bad influences every chance he got. When he came, it was said, look, a glutton and a wine drinker, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You know, Luke tells us right after that verse, the story of the sinful woman who came Um, Jesus, while he was having dinner, and she kissed his feet and anointed them with oil, and the Pharisee who owned the home said, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. Then Jesus made it abundantly clear. He knew exactly who this woman was, and that's why he welcomed her in. He said, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much but to whom little is forgiven the same loves little you know jesus came to seek and save sinners like me that required him to be constantly surrounded by some unsavory influences and we know we must do the same thing in first corinthians 5 paul writes i wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with the sexually immoral people Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or or with the covetous or uh, extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. We've got Paul saying here, our faith calls us to go and surround ourselves with bad influences. He wrote, when I say don't hang out, when I say separate yourself from sexually immoral people, If you think I mean the world, then you're in trouble. That won't work because then you'd have to totally isolate yourself. You'd have to go outside the world, as he put it. According to Paul, like Jesus, we must be with the greedy and with swindlers and with idolaters and so on. That's how God provides us opportunities to demonstrate his love and shine his light into this world. Now, of course, and Paul makes this clear, that doesn't mean we embrace sin. Paul continues, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or reveler or drunkard or extortioner, not even to eat with such a person. For what I have I have to do with judging those who are also outside, do not judge those who are inside, but those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. Paul says you separate yourself from Christians, people you call brother and sister, who have accepted sin. But that doesn't mean we can stay just within the safety of the four walls of a church building. If we are surrounded by darkness, how can we be a light? So that's one side of this fine line, the need to be surrounded by bad influences so that we might be a good influence. But On the other hand, the Bible warns us of the danger in this. In the same letter, Paul writes that some don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, and they say, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Or their version of, you only live once, or carpe diem, so live to make yourself happy now. And Paul responds, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some, do not have the knowledge of God. If we surround ourselves with these kinds of evil influences, we will be tempted to sin. The first psalm tells us that. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Notice though, and this is very important, neither Paul nor the psalmist here are calling for separation. Now, that may sometimes be necessary, especially when uh, we're particularly tempted by a specific sin. The Bible does tell us to avoid it at all costs. If I'm a gambling addict, I shouldn't go out with my gambling buddies to the casino and pretend like I'm not going to be tempted. Jesus tells us uh, that, of course, in, in pretty stark terms. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. If you can't control your hand, it's better to lose it than let it condemn you to hell. But cutting off body parts, separation, uh, of course, that's not the usual recommendation in scripture. Paul says that we are going to be around people, situations, influences who deny the resurrection of Jesus. And he doesn't say flee from them. He says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. He says, Don't let your guard down. You are around bad influences and you need to be prepared. You need to open your eyes to righteousness and do not sin. So the Colossians, Paul gives a very similar warning. In Colossians chapter 2, he says, Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. The Colossians, they were surrounded by bad influences. And Paul didn't want them to be deceived by those influences. So in verse 6, he tells Uh, a verse that we know very well now, how to respond. He says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. You know, separation, it's not always an option, and even when it is an option, it's not always the best option. We are called to be lights into a dark world. And we shouldn't hide that light just within the four walls of a church building. We should go out, we should surround ourselves with evil influences so that we can be an influence for God. But the Bible warns us that is dangerous. The almost irresistible temptation will be to assimilate to what we are around. Whatever influences us the most is going to be what shapes us. But the Bible doesn't say to decrease the amount of evil we're around in all circumstances. The Bible says increase the amount of good influences We get root yourself, Paul says, in Jesus, in the word, build yourself up in Him and abound in faith and thanksgiving. That first psalm that we read that starts out saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in His law, He meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. In order to not walk in the path of sin, the answer is not to never be near sin, but to always be around the word. Delight in the law of the Lord. Make it your foundation. Meditate in it day and night. Make it flow into every part of your life. Make it your primary influence, even when you're surrounded by sin, and then you'll be like a tree planted by the water. You'll be strong and you will bear fruit. God calls us to go out into a dangerous world, a world full of evil and violence and hate. And the only way we are going to survive in it without becoming it is if we have something bigger in our lives shaping us. That's why we have the Word. That's why this year we're trying to build this new habit to read it daily. And that's why we need to root ourselves in it so that we can be strong even in the storms of life. And I'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad that you did that with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.